This is the Doctor Who podcast. You are most welcome. In this episode of the Doctor Who podcast, we'll be delving into the postbag and taking a look at some of your hopes for the 50th anniversary. Indeed, welcome to episode 128 of the Doctor Who podcast. I am joined by the articulate, the arrow diet, the metaphysical Leeson. Oh, hello. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I thought it was Tom. <laughs> yes, and Tom's here as well. Hello, Tom. Yeah, hi. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. The first time the three of us have recorded together without Mr. Trev, isn't it? I know, I know, I know. He's escaped from his chains and he's off around Sydney, is it? Yes, he's in Sydney at the moment. He's standing outside the Opera House with his uh, binoculars and his photograph and his son, I believe. So, yeah, he's he's there to watch a spectacle that is known as Aussie Rules Football. Mm. Which is like English football, as I understand it, but with more kicking. And I think <laughs> it's longer and I think they're fairly flexible on the rules bit. <laughs> okay, well, that sounds like fun. Indeed. That sounds like Australia. <laughs> what fun? Flexible on the rules. I see. Okay, well, if you want to complain about the DWP's view on Australia, then the email address you need is leeson at the Doctor Who podcast. I like a liberal society. I'm all for it. <laughs> anyway, aside from worldwide international politics and society, what is it we're going to be discussing today, guys? Right, well, looking at this, um, over the last couple of episodes, we put out a call for some feedback, um, specifically to ask um, what the DWP listeners would like to see in the 50th anniversary. How do people want to see it celebrated? And I am pleased and proud to say that our listeners haven't let us down. After a bit of a fallow period for feedback, suddenly we have a bulging sack into which to dive. So, yes, in addition to taking a look at what you wanted uh, to see for the 50th anniversary, and, you know, some of these suggestions that you sent in are, I think, probably hopes and fan dreams as opposed to reality. But, I mean, I think it's quite fun to sit there and speculate anyway. So we, we should go through this. We'll treat it a little bit like a geek out. So we'll jump in and tell you where we think you're completely wrong or, or any the rare occurrence where we may agree with you. <laughs> the first piece of feedback is from Robert in West Yorkshire in the U of K. We have to keep on using Trevisms because he's not here. And I want to make certain that he's, he smiles when he hears this, you see. He's but yes, <laughs> uh, Robert sends in four suggestions. And the first one is, have the series in 60-minute episodes. Gives more time for the plot to unfold and mm-hmm. for there to be a few twists along the way. Because we haven't had any twists, have we? <laughs> no, it's been kind of easy to follow, really. Yeah, I'm all for the, the extended episodes. Um, I think there are some constraints of the 45-minute format that mm. quite often in uh, in Series 6, stories felt that they were tied up a little too quickly when perhaps they could have had a bit more time to breathe. Night Terrors is a good example of this. It, it felt like it was going somewhere. It felt like there was, um, there was a lot more threads coming together. 
And then it was as if I remember doing creative writing at school where you set off with so many ideas and you're writing away, you've got an hour to do it. You look up, you realise you've got 10 minutes left and, and suddenly it's, uh, and they all lived happily ever after and the end. Um, and an extra 15 minutes is, you know, is, is a whole, it's a galaxy of time in, in, uh, in drama. So I'd be all for that. Well, it's interesting you say that, and it, it, well, because I'm so used to the classic series and the pace of that. Sixty minutes would make, would make it feel very much as if you had space for four slightly condensed classic series episodes, uh, because those episodes in reality have, have probably only got about twenty minutes worth of content in each one, if you allow for the uh, the recap and the titles. So, sixty minutes might make it feel a bit more like an, like an old school four parter. Do you think that's what happened with the specials? Because those were a little longer than usual. Well, this this is something I was going to raise. It's not just the specials I've got in mind, but it's if you if you look at all of the other extended episodes. You've got The Christmas mm. Invasion, Voyage of the Dams, End of Time Parts 1 and 2, um, Journey's End, and Last of the Time Lords. And I mm. think together they make a pretty convincing argument against extending the, mm. <laughs> the episodes. But, but having said that, I, I, and I've always said this, it's not so much about episode length, it's, it's not so much about how many episodes there are, it's whether or not there's, it's a good story. Um, yeah. and, and is it being played out well? And I, I think it's very easy to think that Doctor Who would be so much better if it was shorter, if it was longer, etc. I mean, for me, it doesn't doesn't matter. 45 minutes, 60 minutes, you know, I'm all for more Doctor Who, but I am especially for good Doctor Who. Yeah, that works for me. That works for me. I mean, as long as the story is there, it doesn't really matter how long it is. Um, but yeah, it must be said, though, I mean, I'm of the opinion that the optimum length for, for Doctor Who was always the old four-parters. Hmm. Um, the two-parters always felt somehow too short, and the six-parters, as I watched them, um, always seemed slightly too long. I mean, I watched Invasion of the Dinosaurs recently, and I was like, <laughs> does this thing never end? This is amazing. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. We're going to be talking about that next week, so don't give away your hand too, too early, Tom. <laughs> okay, fair play, fair play. But, uh, but let's move on to the next suggestion Robert comes up with, and I like this one. Animated versions of the early Big Finish Paul McGann audios could be stripped Monday to Friday on BBC Three, and that means every single night of the week um, you, you get a new episode. And I think this is one that probably falls into fantasy land. I love the idea of it. I think if you look at some of Big Finish's um, previous attempts to animate their stories, I'm thinking of Sharda, I'm thinking of real time then i think it works really really well and 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 the animation there isn't as as good let's say as as that that was used on the invasion dvd Mm. but as far as i'm concerned anything uh, with the eighth doctor in would be be welcome in my book i just don't think it would ever make national television or or bbc3 even there surely has to be a way of, of, of getting Paul McGann involved in the show again. And I think yeah. out of all of the previous Doctors, he deserves another crack of the whip. Uh, yeah. And I don't, I don't think he's entirely averse to the idea. Uh, I mean, I like the idea of, of animating big Finnish dramas, but I'd like to see the man himself uh, yeah, in some way brought back into the show. Do you know, I think there's a trick that's being missed there. I mean, as much as Big Finish are brilliant for filling in the gaps between Doctors and for um, getting the, the surviving Doctor actors to perform, and even some of the ones who have passed away to perform, in fairness, um, you're right. It would be great to see Paul McGann actually uh, on screen. He, de- I stopped short of saying he, he deserves it, but I'm thinking there's a whole set of possibilities that exist with that particular Doctor and that particular actor, who, as you say, is not averse to, to being involved in the show. He's just, he was just out of Gallifrey playing with an old TARDIS console, for mm. goodness sake. Oh, I, I, have, I have actually become a little... I mean, obsessed is perhaps a strong word, but for the past year, two years or so, I've become convinced that, that, that this, is, this is going to happen. Mm. Um, they, for example, I don't know whether everyone knows um, that uh, Big Finish have, have updated his costume. 
uh, and there was a <laughs> there was quite a, there was a big New Zealand, I think it was, wasn't yeah, it? yeah, in New Zealand where they where they revealed the Eighth Doctor's new costume, which was which looked like a bridging costume between uh, his sort of dandiest outfit and uh, the Ninth Doctor's. Uh, a new sonic screwdriver, and there just seems to be a gentle raising of the the Eighth Doctor's profile, as, as if I remember when they brought Dirty Den back to EastEnders. Um, <laughs> now, some of the transatlantic listeners probably won't know what EastEnders is, but it, it's it's kind of a, it's a it's a huge soap opera in this country, and there was a big character in the eighties who left uh, and cast a very long shadow over this show for years and years and years, and they they managed to contrive to bring this character back. But they spent a year laying little seeds, uh, reintroducing the character, uh, a very, very long time, pictures on mantelpieces and things like that. It feels to me... Oh, I have convinced myself that this is what's happening with the Eighth Doctor. Oh, I, I, I love the idea. Um, I, I think it's slightly different with with Dirty Den, especially given that they killed him off about ten years at least before they decided to bring him back. So they needed to contrive quite a good uh, storyline to, to to make it even remotely credible. Um, that's if you consider EastEnders to be remotely credible. Um, but I think with with Paul McGann, I mean, it, it was a very weird thing when he went on stage with the new Eighth Doctor's costume, um, it was credited again to Big Finish, but I don't think Big Finish knew much about it at all. I, I think it may have been Paul McGann just going on stage and basically having a bit of a laugh. And I remember having a conversation uh, with either Tom or Trev on the show about it at the time, and Big Finish have never released any kind of publicity saying this is the new Eighth Doctor costume. It's never mm. been on the front of any of the CDs, so um, who knows? I, I do agree with you. I, I do think that Paul McGann would love a return uh, to the role. Uh, whether or not he deserves it or not, I don't know. But I'd mm. still like to see it. And the 50th anniversary is, is the perfect opportunity, really. The next suggestion from Robert is reenact Power of the Daleks on BBC4. Now, they've done this already, I think, with things like the Quatermass Experiment and A for Andromeda, mm-hmm. neither of which I have seen. Very no. good. In fact, there's a, um, there's a link across to the show. Leeson, do you want to jump in and let me and, and tell James what the link is? Uh, the link is that these uh, dramas, I believe, both of them no longer exist in the archives. This is why they were were they were reenacted. Um, not just that. Not just that. Uh, oh, uh, um, of course, uh, Mark Gattis starred in the Quatermass, and also David Tennant, I believe. That's the one. And I uh-huh. think I was watching uh, David Tennant in the lab coat and thinking it must have been pre Doctor Who mm. because I, was, I remember looking at him and thinking, "Yeah, you're going to be good. you're going to be a good Doctor if this is what you do and this is how you move it and this is how you put it across. You're going to be a great Doctor." So. Actually, <laughs> he played a Doctor in in Quatermass, and it was while they were doing the rehearsals uh, that the news had come through that he'd been cast as the Doctor, and in fact, mm. one of the other characters changed. Changes a line from um, oh, "I'm glad you're here, Gordon" to "I'm glad you're here, Doctor." Yes. <laughs> because uh, what we should say is that the, these were broadcast live. They were <clears throat> they were done live to air, so they were rehearsed and performed as live. Mm. Well, they'd need to truncate Power of the Daleks massively if they were going to do that. And of course, then they'd got the tricky thing of recasting the Doctor, which is always going to be. You know, mm. it's a no-win situation. So once again, I think it, it, it's, it's probably unlikely. It, it's interesting how you say, Tom, that you saw David Tennant in the Quatermass Experiment or the, or the remade version of it and thought, wow, mm. what a great Doctor. Because the thing that I'd seen directly before I knew David Tennant was going to be the Doctor was Casanova. And I was mm. thinking, my God, I've seen far too much of this actor uh, to <laughs> even consider him as, as a genuine Doctor fodder. My, my argument to the, to the point that Robert makes is this is a great idea, um, but did we not have that with Victory of the Daleks? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Um, no. 
<laughs> frankly, <laughs> it, it, it was it was a yeah. I think I think that was more of a of a very light homage, wasn't it? There were uh, there were. Yeah, there was there were little aspects of it in there for people mm. that know, but it wasn't a straight uh, remake, was it? It was it was just a homage to Dad's Army as it was to um, uh, to Power of the Daleks, and it's funny actually because I, I rewatched that episode this week, and uh, it, it it's not as bad as I remembered saying it was at the time. Thank but, you, uh, I am vindicated. No, 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 you can't take too much there, Tom. It's still an appalling <laughs> episode, but it's not quite oh. as appalling as uh, as I remembered it. Cynic. <laughs> let's move on to the last suggestion from Robert, and then we'll move on to a couple more emails. Mm. Have a dramatised version of the very early days leading up to the production of An Unearthly Child, a bit like The Road to Coronation Street. Now, oh. See, I'm on board with that. I, I really like that idea. I, I just think that certainly Dealer Derbyshire and I think Ferris Lambert should... Um, miss out on being celebrated for the pioneering nature of the roles um, mm. that they held at the time with Doctor Who and the work that they did and the contribution that they've actually made to uh, British serial drama, which might be getting a bit heavy, but I th- I'm, not, I'm not trying to become overly feminist, but I think they could be more celebrated than they perhaps already are. No, no, not at all. I don't think that's too overly dramatic at all. And I had a similar idea. I'm glad that Robert um, brought it up because it's, it's reminded me of, uh, of uh, the same sort of idea that I had when I saw a programme called The Hour, which was broadcast last year um, oh, yes, on yes. BBC. And that told the story of, um, of a, a new style current affairs programme, which was put together in the sort of late 50s with a mm. female producer, which was mm. um, unusual at the time. And I remember thinking that they could tell this story. They could make a drama like this uh, about, uh, about Doctor Who being put together on a small yeah. budget, visionary ideas. Um, you know, uh, Sidney Newman was a visionary. Uh, Verity Lambert, as you say, all the people involved. Uh, mm. There's a fascinating story to tell there about uh, how the show coalesced and came to be. So many firsts, so many firsts to having, having a non-English director, having a female <coughs> producer, having this amazing visionary composer uh, arranging the theme tune. There's so many firsts in that show, um, which is probably why it's, why it's still going today, but uh, I digress. Hmm. I think of all of Robert's suggestions, this is the one that I think is most likely to, to happen. Uh, mm. and it's also, I think, probably the one I'd most like to happen uh, yeah. for all of the reasons that you mentioned. It would be great to see how Doctor Who actually arrived on screen. And if they've done it for something like Coronation Street, you know, mm. Doctor Who is comparable in terms of stature and its iconic status uh, within the UK. So there's no reason as to why coronation street should get a, a making of if you like um and doctor who not but i i think this is something that probably probably will have been considered by the uh the w team in cardiff for next year and absolutely and, a, and outside sort of the more extreme denizens of fandom like like ourselves i would count ourselves in that um the the, the story of how the show came to be perhaps isn't very well known so yeah certainly a story worth telling quite right So moving on, we have uh, some more feedback. We've got quite a lot of stuff here, actually. We've got some feedback from Dermot in Galway in Ireland. And he says, I think what we're all thinking here, for the 50th, I can't pretend I wouldn't like to see some sort of big Doctor Who get-together. The three Doctors with Matt Smith, David Tennant and Christopher Eccleston. Ooh. Or the eight Doctors with Smith, Tennant, Eccleston, McGann, McCoy, Baker, Davison and Baker. Well... Bakers, okay. I assume. Mm. Bakers, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm not sure that you could get one of those bakers back into the TARDIS. And I'm not sure, sh- yeah. It is bigger on the inside. I've got to say, I, there is nothing I have seen, heard or read from Christopher Eccleston which would suggest he could be induced in any way, shape or form to put that leather jacket back on. I, along with everyone else, would love him to do so. 
Uh, I won't pretend that I wouldn't, but I can't. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe that would be the biggest surprise. I, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I'm with you there completely. I think there is one thing alone that will persuade Eccleston back, and that's a big enough paycheck. Yeah, um, really? I mean, he, Do you think it's about the money with Eccleston? Yes. It never used to be, but it is now. He starred in G.I. Joe. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a while back now. Um, it is a while back. I, I think it, he. I think he seems to have swung back the other way to to picking roles carefully now. Well, we'll, we'll see. Um, I, I'm really not so sure. I, I think most actors can't be picky all of the time, and I think every now and again, Eccleston concedes to doing a Hollywood blockbuster that comes his way. Now he must know that the publicity that he will receive through doing. Uh, Doctor Who once again will be astronomical the internet will go ballistic and I'm not mm. just talking about fan circles it will be reported <laughs> up and down the length and breadth of the UK and I, I do think that it's something an actor couldn't turn down if they're still looking to further their career. Okay my question then would be do you think we could have does it have to be sequential doctors do you think we could have a three doctors with um, with McGann, uh, Smith uh, and Eccleston yes. and, and Tennant sorry See, that is the most likely thing to happen. Yeah. I think. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think if you could persuade the others, the other lead actors to do a special, it would be a bit um, <laughs> five doctors with number nine just getting trapped in the vortex or something. Um, yeah, but, they can't so, do that again. They really can't well, do that again. This, this is the thing. I, mean, I hear what you're saying about the paycheck, but what I see with Christopher Eccleston is that he's got, he seems to have a very fierce and wide streak of integrity. Mm. Um, you know, the, the things he's done since Doctor Who. I mean, fair enough because I'm the, the, because of my monomania. Um, I look at him and go, oh, it's the Doctor, oh, it's great, it's Christopher Eccleston again. And I just want to transpose the jacket over the top of him. But the, but the roles are very different. You know, the John Lennon, yeah. um, the Borrowers, all of those things, you know, he's, he's, it, it speaks to me about integrity. Um, if he could be persuaded to do it, then okay. But it seems to me that we're not, we're not, I don't think we're going to see Chris Freckleson doing anything around Doctor Who. I'm much, I'd love him to, um, for at least as long as Tom Baker stayed away. You know? mm. In fact, that, that's the only other... That's the only other um, bombshell that could be dropped there that Tom Baker's going to get involved. I think I predicted that he would do. I hope that he would do. I wish that he would do. Um, but perhaps the big finish is the most that we'll see. Perhaps that's where we will see uh, Tom Baker finally doing a multi-doctor special in big finish. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, that's something that I, I really wanted. I know that when we talked about um, what we were hoping for at the beginning of the year, we we, we loosely termed it as our predictions mm. um, that, that, that Tom Baker would feature in a multi-doctor story at some point. But I thought mm. it probably would be big finish because I would have assumed big finish couldn't guarantee to have tom baker from one day to the next purely because mm. he may decide that he doesn't want to do it next year and all bang that's that's it that's gone all of a sudden the opportunity to have him with sylvester mccoy for instance has, has vanished oh um, that would be magical mm. oh it would be it would be mm. as far as i'm concerned any of the other audio doctors you know get tom baker in there and i wouldn't be surprised if they're recording a subscriber special or they've already recorded a subscriber special because people will start <laughs> making 12 month subscriptions to hear tom baker with peter davis and colin baker etc i think that would be great but let, let's let's go back to this particular suggestion and address the elephant in the room. We're all talking about whether the actors would come back to the role of the Doctor. And I think that's probably beyond doubt. The question is, would it really work or are they just too old and different now? The, now, the fan in me desperately would like it to happen. But the, my rational side knows that, that it wouldn't be able to work. Time Crash was fun, uh, but it, it was very hard to sort of retcon the, the idea of... Um, uh, Peter Davison looking obviously older. It was done in sort of a throwaway bit of fun, but for a, for a serious episode, I don't think we could do it. Now, Sylvester wow. McCoy is on record mm. as talking about 
maybe getting all the old surviving Doctors back, but having them playing different characters within... Terrible idea. And I, I know I like that idea. Yeah. Oh, it's a terrible yeah. idea. Fans don't want it. I genuinely think fans don't want it. What they want is to see all of the Doctors back facing off against each other, you know? I mean, I've said it before, but Matt Smith and Christopher Eccleston's Doctors would be at loggerheads, you know? I I think the one thing more frustrating than not getting the Doctors together would be getting them together and giving them different parts. I mean, Zagreus, anybody? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But realistically, the classic series Doctors, they're not going to cut it, are they? Well, it depends on how you do it. James, you remember in Excellus, the Doctor talks about the five Doctors, so it's Peter Davison, and he mentions that the previous regenerations looked as if they had aged past the point at which he regenerated. (laughs) Now, I'm thinking, oh my God, this is almost pod shock, this. How about... What you've got is this thing about time being rewritten, uh, and we tie that to the idea of crashing through the walls of reality. So that what the Doctor's doing, rather than travelling through time and space, is again he's travelling across dimensions, but he crashes into dimensions where four never regenerated. He just grew older. Um, five never regenerated. He just grew older, and so on and so on. Um, that, so And so in a very Zagreus way, rather than travelling through time and space, he's hopping across dimensions trying to get back to his one and having to work with the selves that he never was to actually make it happen. I think if you say that often enough, you might get commissioned. Yeah, I mean, as ways around the problem, that is, that, that's, that's pretty good. How much thought have you put into this, Tom? It was just, it was just listening to you guys now. I thought, well, yeah, let's, let's just have a reality where they never regenerated. That, 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 that accounts for them getting older. It's, it's possible, and I think fans might swallow that as well. I, I mean, it, it needs to be believable, certainly. It needs to be palatable. The casual viewer might be interested from a slightly nostalgic point of view, the same way they are whenever a new Doctor is cast. But so I, I can't see them really warming and uh, reacting well to an alternate universe story unless it's done extremely credibly. Yeah, I mean, and my only worry with that would be that describe or the, coming up with explaining the reason for the Doctor's looking so old would take up so much of the story that there wouldn't be much time for anything else. Mm, okay, let's, let's think. I mean, even a casual fan is going to know that the Doctor regenerates, and the whole like, the whole alternate reality thing is kind of is, is easily embedded inside the mythos of Doctor Who now. So it's okay. Look, guys, here it is. Here's a reality where this one never regenerated. Where I never regenerated. I just I, I just grew older, so I never fell off the telescope. I just carried on. And that would that would seem to me to allow the actors to be older rather than having to pretend that they were thirty years younger. Yeah, and it's certainly cheaper than uh, creating avatars. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that's a possibility at all. I mean, do you remember in Dimensions in Time? Oh. <laughs> the first three Doctors' faces, which didn't even look like them, you know, circulating uh, around the screen in 3D. Were, were they mm. avatars? Kind Well, not avatars. They were images, but you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, I, I thought they were real. <laughs> well, I, I suppose you're right. The other thing, of course, is to make sure that we are respectful. I mean, as you rightly say, those images didn't really look terribly like the first three lead actors. Um, but of course, because they've passed away, there's a very strong sense of needing to be uh, respectful to their likenesses and respectful, and respectful of the work that they did. Yeah, our next bit of feedback is from Phil from Birmingham, uh, and he uh, has one word for us, and that's McGann, uh, with three <laughs> exclamation marks. 
And, and I think I mean, I've already nailed my colours to the mast on that one. Mm. Uh, and I think, as we've said, the man deserves a second chance, mm. televisually. Mm. No, I, I agree. Um, one, one of the things that Phil mentions as well is the, is the 11 faces of Doctor Who, and I think that might mm. be um, a, a really good idea as well. I mean, I, I, I don't think there'll be much of a debate about which McGann story they'll show. But <laughs> I, I, I think, yeah, it, as, a way to, as a way to draw you know, new fans or new people to the show, then why not? Why not just celebrate the entirety of uh, of Doctor Who's tenure so far, all 50 years? And I think the best way of doing that is to show a story uh, from each, each, um, each Doctor. And perhaps that's something we can do in a future DWP, go through and decide which 11 we would like them to show. Well, that's not a bad idea for a show, actually. It, um, what I was thinking was more along the lines of, if you had to describe one do- one story from each Doctor's era to say, this is that Doctor, which one would it be and why? <laughs> yeah, that could be mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's something that I think we'll do. So thanks, Phil, for that suggestion. <laughs> Phil also goes on to say, um, uh, having a, a proper history of the programme documentary style, and I think you know, that, that's almost a given that mm. we'll be getting something like that, um, to celebrate the entire history of the show up to the present day uh, and to introduce it to people who perhaps don't know uh, much about the classic series. Yeah, I think it will almost certainly be a special of Doctor Who Confidential. Mm. Oh, good Lord, are we allowed to say those words? Uh, I'm not too certain, but uh, I, I think that probably was always the plan, even when they took it off the air mm. last year. And um, I, I think what is concerning for us as fans is that we're in a community whereby there's going to be so many people claiming a victory <laughs> to say, yes, we, we, we got it back for you. You know, how fantastic. The power of fandom, etc. When I, I honestly believe the BBC have got this slated. Um, and I'm sure they will call it Doctor Who Confidential. There's really no point in calling it anything else. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Okay, so uh, the next bit of feedback we're going to work with is from Dan in Georgia, or as they say over there, Georgia. Um, so let's have no, a it's look. in America, Tom. It's in America. I don't sound like that. Mind you, I swear he could be he could be a Russian. <laughs> he could be a, he could be a Russian <laughs> from Georgia, but I doubt <laughs> it. Um, let's have or a, a Georgian. He could be a Georgian. Yes. A time traveller. Anyway, moving on. Um, so yeah, um, what Dan from where, where, wherever and whenever he is suggests is he says that in the show, if they must do a multi-doctor story, which I think yes, would be lovely, um, then it should be the last few doctors. I think we we agree. Uh, it was hard enough to wreck on Time Crash. But whatever form it takes, it should be done to have the other actors appear in the show somehow, especially Colin and Nicola. It would be great for the Doctor and the companions to run into a pub or something and to have every extra in there be a former Doctor or companion. Now, I think we've kind of covered that ground in, in an early suggestion, but I think what, what Dan demonstrates and what his uh, very, uh, very well-worded comment brings us is the idea that a lot of people aren't averse to that idea. Um, I seem to remember in, is it Silver Nemesis? that there's a number of uh, Doctor Who extras and production crew turn up in the background there. <laughs> it was a cheap way of, um, of of trying to bring the entire cast and crew into what was supposed to be the 25th anniversary celebrations. Mm. But uh, yeah, it, it would need to be slightly better planned and orchestrated, I think. Well, I, I think the, the common thread that I'm picking up through all of these pieces of feedback, for which thank you very much and keep sending more, we know, we know we've never, never got too much feedback, fantastic, is that people 
people would like to see um, these old these old performers and these um, the former lead actors together somehow. And really, it's just a question of how to make that happen. It would be lovely to see um, pre the pre Doctor Adventures, if you like. Um, so that, so number one as as a young man that'd be ace. But at the same time, it's very clear to me that what what people really want or what the fans would like to see, which is not the same as what people really want, um, would be to have as many old characters or old performers just in, in this in the in the show as possible, which I think isn't unreasonable, is it? No, no, and I think that is the general expectation. And, uh, you know, speculation is great, but I, I, I hope I'm going to be surprised as well. And I, I'm sure the production crew will come up with something that we haven't discussed or we haven't thought was uh, was very obvious. And I think, you know, we're probably tackling the same issue from a number of different angles. What we're all angling for is some kind of multi-doctor story, because that's the only way that you can really celebrate the show, I think. I have a question for you both. Do you feel as though the 50th anniversary celebrations are in safe hands? Ooh. Yes. That's an interesting question. Generally, I think, yes. Yeah. Um, as safe as they can be. Um, but we were talking about whether or not Stephen Moffat's hands were fairly safe a couple of episodes mm. ago. And I, I don't think there's anyone else I would prefer to be crafting this really, really important, pivotal year for Doctor Who than Stephen Moffat. I'm with you on that one because he's he, he plays the long game. He's obviously thinking about this uh, and and putting things in place well in advance of, of things taking off. So yeah, I, I think I think we've got it pretty good here. Hmm. Again, I think you're right there, Leeson. Stephen Moffat does play the long game. In order to get any of these suggestions to happen or to have anything happening, whatever he's going to do, it must be in pre-production now. Oh um, yes, because you know if, if you were going to have someone with uh, someone like Tom Baker or even Colin Baker, any of these actors who are booked up way in advance, you need to be putting down in front of them that we need you for this, this, and this over this period at this time. So whatever's going to happen, it's happening right now. It's just luckily, and I mean luckily, um, some things do remain secrets and we don't know about it just yet. So I'm with you. I'm also with you, James. Uh, it's going to be nice to be surprised. Um, I, I'm not a fan of this whole, of this very arch knowing thing. Well, oh, yeah, we know what's coming. We know what's going on behind. Mm. The scenes. I still want to be a seven-year-old in, in, the, in the late 1970s. I still want to be surprised. So I, I, I can't celebrate Stephen Moffat's organisation for that enough because it's nice to know that there are still secrets. It's great. You know, the, the show's been filming again for the last week. Don't know what's been going on. It's excellent. It's great. No, mm. you're not looking in the right places. I don't want to look in there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, what do you think? Let's turn the question around to you. I mean, is, is there anyone who you would prefer uh, to, to, to be looking after the you know, the most important part of Doctor Who for, for the last 10 years at least. No, I pretty much agree uh, with, the, with the podcast consensus uh, and, and s especially with Tom's uh, statement that Moffat has a flair for the secrecy and he obviously has a respect within the whole production team that things aren't, uh, aren't leaked out. And for such a huge event like this with the sort of fan base that Doctor Who has, who we all want to know, we want to look in these places, we want to spoil things for ourselves, and uh, you know, and I'm guilty of this as well. Sometimes I click on links that my brain doesn't want me to click on, but my finger does, <laughs> uh, and, yeah. you know, and, and things are spoiled. So I prefer not to have the temptation, and Moffat certainly has a flair for, for keeping things hidden from me. Well, it, it's going to be interesting when we get round to previewing Season 7 as uh, on the DWP, because, of course, we visit various websites deliberately to try and find out what's going on. So Ooh. perhaps that's something that you two might need to back out of, and that Trevor and I take care of. <laughs> the very thought of it. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> 
So I think that covers the feedback that we've got on the 50th anniversary. We've uh, looked at some of your hopes, and uh, certainly your hopes have chimed with, with some of our hopes for the 50th anniversary. And there's no doubting that, that this is going to be a big celebration for, and a great time to be a Doctor Who fan. Yeah, definitely. Mm. No, absolutely. And I'm certain that we're going to be discussing the 50th anniversary many times before we actually get there. But uh, it's good. I'm even, you know, I'm getting excited about what might be uh, what might be on the cards, what might be on our television screens this time next year. It's, It's going to be great. But anyway, yes, thank you very much indeed, everybody, for sending in your thoughts. Do feel free to send in some more uh, either hopes or, or speculation or whether you think you really know what's, uh, what's going to be on television celebrating the 50th anniversary. But in the meantime, we've, we've got another piece of feedback. This is from Simon Burt. And the reason I'm going to read this, guys, is because it's about your JNT retro that went out a couple of weeks ago. Woo-hoo, um, right. <laughs> yes, so it's, I, I think it might be worthwhile you, uh, you responding to some of these points. Simon says, loving the podcast as always. A few factual corrections. Oh, it looks like you've been factually incorrect, guys. Uh, about the first part of your JNT retro. I seem to remember reading Tom Baker didn't hand in his notice until production had started on full circle around August of 1980 or even a bit later. At the start of season 18's production that spring, neither he nor JNT knew for sure it would be his last. Well. Oh, sorry. Well, do you want to respond to that? What do you have to say about that? that? What did we actually say? I think we said we said it wasn't common knowledge. Okay. Until midway through the season. Okay. Well, I think what I think what we were getting at was uh, was that the whole season was uh, building towards the end. Yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, I see what you're saying. So there's a kind of funereal play about it. Okay. Um, You know, the story I've got in my head is that Tom Baker went along as he did at the beginning of every season, saying, "You know, I'm getting Mm. a bit too old for this." And rather than trying to talk him out of it this time, they went, "Okay, fair enough. If that's the way you feel about it, you know, we'll come back and we'll talk about it later on." But through this, but through the season, it became more and more apparent that he was he wasn't interested, wasn't going to take up his option. Then he confirmed it at at full circle. That's the story I've got in my head. I don't, you know, I I don't know if you guys agree with that or not. Uh, Yeah. At the beginning of the season, that, that rings a bell with me. It's the, um, the uh, at the beginning of every season, he would come in, and this was the this was the routine. This was the the pantomime. Mm. I'm happy to be corrected. Well, okay, well let's go with that because that's, that's what I honestly believe. And if someone's going to correct me, then fine. You know, <laughs> it, it really doesn't matter one way or the other. I don't think. But uh, but Simon goes on to say that the BBC didn't start to do down a show in season twenty, and I think that's something Tom that you suggested that they might have done. Uh, they, they they tried to to sweep it under the carpet a little bit from that point. On. And I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that either. I mean, I, I, I think it was, I think it started to go downhill in terms of the public image hmm. uh, of Doctor Who. But I, I think that happens when Tom Baker's reign ended. And I don't think that had anything to do with production crew or creative decisions being taken. I think it was purely because there was a whopping great chunk of, uh, of the populace growing up with Tom Baker as Doctor Who simply didn't move on to the next one and that that I think was completely disconnected with um, the BBC's you know rather negative attitude uh, towards the show that was very apparent towards Colin Baker and McCoy's eras. Hmm. I think it was me that m- mentioned the BBC uh, maybe uh, losing faith in the oh, show at that point okay. and sweeping under the carpet um, but I, I think I think what I meant to say uh, it was uh, it was more this this was where the change began you know this is this is where the tides began to turn uh where it, it the, the show was less uh, of a figurehead and was, was it was less 
lesser thing to be proud of as far as the uh, the suits at the top of the BBC were concerned. And this was perhaps where things started to the tide started to turn. Mm. Uh, hmm. Okay, on to far more important things, and that's Tom Baker's hair. <laughs> and uh, we, we we like discussing these kind of things on the DWP. Um, Trev spoke about Eve Miles' teeth at some length uh, a few months ago, yeah. and that attracted a significant amount of feedback. I seem to remember as well. Well, the Doctor's hair—I mean, whichever Doctor it is—you know—that the that's right. Tenth Doctor's hair got bigger and bigger and bigger, and eventually needed its own dressing room. Um, <laughs> yes. Colin Baker's hair—that got bigger. Yeah, there's a correlation here. There's something to do with the hair. The longer you're in the role, Matt Smith's hair is getting is getting shorter. I quite like the shaggy hair in series five. <laughs> anyway, but that's uh, by the by. I, I think you've just come up with another subject for a, a podcast as well. We're, we're positively firing today, I tell you. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, Tom's hair in the Five Doctors at. At a 20th anniversary Longleat event, which took place just after the Five Doctors had wrapped, Tom Baker is there with his bushy curls as luscious as ever. I have to concede defeat on this one because I, I do remember seeing uh, that on the Longleat Celebrations videos. So I, I, I take that one back because I think it was me that said um, perhaps you know, I was sort of uh, theorising that another reason why he wouldn't want to come back to the 20th anniversary celebrations was because maybe he, he'd cut his hair and he was looking a bit thinner and it would involve wearing a wig or getting his hair dyed. So maybe I was jumping the gun uh, in Tom Baker's timeline there a little. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I, I have absolutely no idea when any of the doctors suddenly took on a different kind of uh, of, of look. And I, I suppose this is because of the, of the video age. I remember sitting down to watch um, the Colin Baker years, and I was absolutely stunned that he didn't have his curls anymore. And it's because I hadn't seen mm. anything with Tom Baker in it since Doctor Who until I started watching that video in what must have been the early 90s. Mm. See, I remember there was... Tom Baker used to pop up quite a lot in, in the sort of mid mid to late eighties, with sh- short graying hair, and he'd lost a lot of weight. Or whether I don't know whether the curls uh, made him appear to have a bit more weight on him, but he did used to pop up quite a lot, mainly in bars, I recall. Well, thanks, Simon. Um, always happy to, uh, to to know that people are paying so much attention to to some of the stuff that we talk about. Our podcast is uh, an ebb and flow of conversation and ideas, and sometimes we stray into into areas where we need picking up on. So thank you very much, Simon. It's nice to know everyone's paying attention. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it's rather worrying to know that people actually listen. Yeah, so thanks everybody for sending in your feedback. It's been thoroughly enjoyable just reading through the messages that have been sent to us over the last couple of weeks. You can always send us feedback and we're we're always going to um, give a preference to audio feedback. We've said that in the past. But every now and again, we will go through the written written email, the old way of communicating with us. Um, But always best to just uh, put your points into a couple of lines. We'll be able to then pick them out, read them, and, and have a little chat about them. So feedback at the com is the email address that you need. And next week, what have we got coming up next week, guys? Yeah, we're looking at the uh, Unit Files DVDs. Mm. We've got Invasion of the Dinosaurs, which I started talking about, um, the Android Invasion, which, I must say this, there seems to be a couple of stories around this time in Tom Baker's so Mask of the Mandragora um, and the Android Invasion that I know exist, but I've, not, but I've got no record in my head at all. No, I, I, haven't, I haven't read the Target novelizations. So when I sit down to watch them, it's like watching brand new Doctor Who. It's brilliant. <laughs> mm. 
it's been a long time since that's been the case for me. I've seen every single available story, which is one thing I was quite surprised. There's some uh, fellow podcasters who said recently that they haven't seen every episode of Doctor Who. Um, I have, but there are occasions when I'm in the same position. I haven't seen one for such a long time that I've forgotten what happens next, and the android invasion was one of those. Mm -hmm. Uh, I haven't, and uh, I'm getting down to the last few. There's a handful now. Uh, oh, but as I will talk about um, uh, next week, it's partly a terror that at some point I will get to the end and there won't be any more. Mm. No, um, so, so, I, so I've slowed down. There is therapy available um, for, for when you get to that point because it is a moment. It's, it's a yeah, life yeah. moment. You know, you I will mean, not see any new classic Doctor Who again. Exactly, and it's yeah, like I say, it, it's a terror. It's like you when you get to the end of a really good book and you, and you begin to slow down. <laughs> because you don't want it to end. Yes, in addition to us looking at the, the, the Unit Files box sets, Michelle's going to be here talking about her experiences at the recent Gallifrey One event over in Los Angeles too, so there's yet more things for me to listen to to become extremely envious about. Mm. Uh, but, but aside from that, then I think that wraps up another episode of the Doctor Who podcast. Tom, do you have a final thought this week for the listeners? Um, no, I must confess, it, I have missed recording the Doctor Who podcast um, so I'm, I'm glad to be back here doing this now It's all quite fabulous um, And I look forward to joining you all next week That's mostly it I've, I've, I've missed the Doctor Who podcast oh. activity So it's nice to be back in the swing of it So when you said you had no final thought You actually meant yes And it's a good final thought too <laughs> Thought for the Lisa, day, you play the music <laughs> Lisa, anything as uh, emotional or you know, exciting to say? Nothing nearly as emotional or nearly as exciting <laughs> Only to say, until next time Cheerio. Bye for now. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> that was the Doctor Who Podcast, which you can find at thedoctorwhopodcast.com. If you have any feedback, please send it into feedback at thedoctorwhopodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and via the Doctor Who Podcast forums. Thank you for listening. Take care.